Welcome to How Do We Get Here, a podcast on education and design with wellness in mind. I'm Mark Anthony, and on today's episode, we'll speak to Oscar Aldana as we reflect on life as a design student and his first year in the industry. Hey, what's up, Oscar? How's it going? I'm good. How's it going? Nice good. to talk to good. you again. How are things with you during this time? It's, um, it's been interesting. I've been working from home for the last three weeks. I'm going on my fourth week now, next week. It's almost a month. Crazy, right? Yeah. Wow. So how's that transition? Uh, it's, it's, it's challenging, I would say, um, especially because you have to adjust to a new routine. So, so it's, been, it's been a little bit crazy, right? I, I don't leave yeah. my room because I have my office here. So it's kind of like I wake up, have some food, and then just sit here. So it feels Got like you. you're never leaving, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you're not leaving the office. That's how it feels. Yeah. So, so and and it looks like it's gonna be for more than than everyone thought. So I guess. Yeah, it looks like it's gonna be longer, man. Because you're now teaching, doing online teaching, right? Yeah. So like, I call in with students or I meet um, faculty online. Oh, uh, how are how are students doing? Um, oh, I, I had a call with them um, today, so I got to see some of them today. Yeah, I think we, we have a, a video call tonight, later. Oh, I that's thought you right. were going to yeah, join. You told yeah. Me, yeah. You know what, man? I'm I heard you were going to join. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to join. I'm going to join. Yeah, I'm just losing <laughs> no. track of the days now. Like, it's well, crazy. you have to keep track of all your video calls, right? Since everyone is doing from home. I know. I'm pretty sure everyone is like doing uh, calls. Yeah, but you kind of get lost with so many, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's so hard yeah. to keep track of the True. day. So what are some changes that you've uh, gone through from your regular routine to now? Well, now um, I don't have that one hour of commute time, which is kind of like a bummer because I used to that I used that hour to read. Um, but now I'm just trying to adjust. So whatever I, I need to do, I'm trying to do it after work, even though it's kind of hard because you feel you're not leaving the office since it's already here, right? Yeah, I hear you. I, it's funny that you say that because I didn't realize I used to always complain about the traffic and staying in traffic for about an hour to go to and from work. And then I realized that hour is like my quiet time. Yeah, I never thought I was going to I never thought I was going to say that I miss commuting. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> so it's funny how like we kind of put things in perspective after a while. Right. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, man. So thanks for joining me on this podcast. Uh, I really want to hear about your story and how you got here, because I think it's a special one to tell. Um, Before we get into it, do you want to maybe give everyone listening like a quick introduction? Um, My name is Oscar Aldana. I'm a graphic designer. Uh, I graduated from Humber last year. And currently I'm working at a design studio in Toronto called Hamley and Woolley. Um, I work as an interactive designer there. And I've been there for 10 months now. Oh, 10 months. That's good. So coming up on a year yeah. anniversary. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's crazy how time flies. <laughs> I know. So Oscar, why did you actually choose design as a career path? Um, so that, that's a very, very long time. I think it has been since the last, the first time I, I felt that I was interested in design. Um, I think what drove me to design was the fact that you're able to create things that didn't exist before. And then you use those things to solve problems. I feel that idea of shaping something 
um, that can be functional, really, really like, and speaks to me. I didn't go to design as my first choice, though. I Back home, I'm from Venezuela. I, I went to school for civil engineering, which I graduated after five years. But I always, I always wanted to do design. I just, um, I couldn't do it because I came from a small city where we didn't have um, that sort of training. So it was either civil engineering or go, go to law school. And I went for, for the civil engineering because I really like numbers. Um, but then when I moved to Canada to learn a new language, I found myself um, in this place where basically you have the opportunity to explore and to do more with, with what you have. So I decided to finally pursue my, my passion, which is design. And how I chose Humber, well, I did my research, like the different colleges here, and I heard that Humber had a really strong program, uh, graphic design program. Okay. Um, so I enrolled into that, but I think I actually, I started on advertising because I said, well, I already went to school, so I just, I only want to do two years because I, I, I felt that three years were a lot. But then when I, like after my first year, I realized that I wanted to learn more about design and less about advertising. So I ended up switching programs and, and, and then I was in design, graphic design for three years. Okay. So you took the ad and graphic design program first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the first year, which is the same because I think, I don't know how, how they do it now, but when I was, you basically um, go to school with the same people. So the first year is the same advertising and, and graphic design people. So it's kind of like a, the foundation. So I like that. But then it was only advertising and I just didn't, I didn't like it. I thought I liked, but I didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you said like you, you actually came to Canada and learned a new language? Yeah. When you yeah, actually started school? No, I did it before because oh, you need okay. the the, langu- the language proficiency uh, if you want to go to school. So, so my idea was to learn a new language. I just didn't know I was gonna end up going to school again for three more years, and and I never thought it was gonna be designed because I said, well, maybe it's something that I wanted when I was younger, and now it's, it's not a thing anymore. But I, I actually I was lucky enough to follow it and and actually do it. Okay. So you said you like numbers. Yeah. So those were like the two choices you had, but like for a hobby, were you designing things? Were you drawing? Like what, what was it that you were doing? It's funny that that you say it because every time when we, when I was in design school, um, the joke was that nobody wanted to do any math. So if we had to like calculate any, you know, any grid measurements or something like that. Everyone was like, no, but we didn't come to school for this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was, for me, it was hilarious because I really, really love um, numbers. And I think that's actually a selling point I could have chosen when I was branding myself, right? Like the only designer that, that really enjoy numbers. <laughs> Enjoys numbers. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I was always really good at math when I was in high school. And, and like I said, there wasn't any, any other like big, um, career path back home in the city where I grew, where I grew up. So, so I did civil engineering and I think, um, what I took from that was being able to follow a process and get a result at the end, which is basically what we do as, as designers, right? 
um, you're solving a problem. So I think engineering and, and even architecture are basically the same in the sense that you follow a process to get to a from one point to another to the final result. And I think that really shaped the way I think. So I'm very um, strategic and I always have to have a methodology behind it. And and for sure, I learned that from my civil engineering years. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I noticed that about you. I noticed that very. Really? Yeah, <laughs> man, very calculated in what you're doing. And it's very, is a very good skill to have to actually know what's going on in your mind when you're thinking of how to solve a problem. And I think, yeah. you know, when you do math, your teachers are always like, show your work. That's like, show yeah. your design thinking. You know what I mean? So you come exactly. from that, you come from that background of showing your numbers, your process. And I think when I first met you, I saw like you keep track of your process and he, <laughs> and he always puts everything down. And that's what I noticed that was different about everyone yeah. else. Right. Yeah. Like oh. I have to keep telling people like, where's your process? But they go straight to the computer, yeah, but I you're mean, like solving everything first. And then uh, once I you do, find it, yeah. you put it out there. So that's good. Yeah, it was funny because I think there was one assignment that, that we had with you, but it was sort of, I think, the branding, branding, brand yourself assignment. Yeah. And and I wrote down everything about me that, that's like the wording that I needed to to have. If somebody, say, would ask me, I don't know, elevator pitch or what you do or whatever, right? And and my friends in school, they would find, make fun of me because they were like, oh, you're so organized because you have a Word document of just talking about yourself. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, but I have to be ready if somebody <laughs> asks me something. Exactly. Because like those, and especially, I'm, 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 I, don't, I don't think I'm the best at selling myself because I'm not good at selling, right? But I chose a career that basically I have to do it. So in order for me to have the right words to describe myself, which I'm not good at normally, if, if you ask me, then I will have to have it, you know, some sort of document. So I have documents for everything because um, it, it, it helps me to keep track. You know of what? what's happening. That is, that is so interesting that you say that because you know what I pull out of that and I'm going to tell you, like, I'm sort of the same way. I yeah. document everything. And when you say things like, you know what? I don't think I'm the best. I can't articulate myself the best. Do you think that's what drove you to be so detailed in your work to try to become better at it? I think, yeah, probably it was that. Like I said, in design, you basically have to sell your work and, and, and sell yourself. And I think that's very challenging for me. Um, again, I came from, from civil engineering and, and it was only like you doing your, your numbers and that was it, right? That's, that was the work with design. Aside from actually designing, you have another job, which is selling what you did. And that for me, it's, it's, it's very challenging. Right. So, so sometimes I struggle, but that's, that's why I keep, you know, writing everything down or just recording myself as I speak. Okay. So Oscar, so like last year around this time, like we said, you were in my entrepreneurship mm -hmm. class and yes, you were uh, working away at your portfolio. You're prepping mm -hmm. for grad show. You're looking for an internship. If you could go back for a moment, can you walk me through like your state of mind at that time? Like, what were you going through at that time? What did you expect life after graduation would be? Or was there any like personal challenges you were going through at that time that sort of 
made that time exciting um, or difficult for you? I think both. Both? <laughs> both. It was exciting slash difficult. It was really, I think, really challenging, not only for me, but all my friends that um, as we were finalizing our our design um, program, we were also trying to put together the the graduation show. So though the last three, three to five months were really, really intense. Um, but I went to design school with the mindset of enjoying every, and it's, it's going to sound cliche, but that's what I thought. I, I, I felt that, you know, it was an opportunity that I was given to actually learn what I really, what I really wanted, what I really love. And so I said, I'm going to, I'm going to try to join the, the journey, so to speak. And the last five months, they were really, re- really um, challenging, but they were also excited because um, what we put together at the end. I feel like I, I, everything went by so fast. I didn't, I didn't realize. I knew that like real life was going to be really different after school. But I, I said, you know what? I'm just going to go until whatever my grad show day is, and then I will figure it out. Um, I think my biggest concern as a student was um, what's going to happen after, right? In terms of, in terms of me finding a, a job or me not being able to find a job because I had, when you're in your last semester, you hear both sides of the coin, uh, the story. You hear that, oh, like you can get hired a few weeks after you finish school or it may take you up to eight months. So I was like, okay, but if I don't find a job in eight months and, and I don't live with my parents, um, then how am I going to do, right? So I think those, those sorts of questions are, are, are very common among students because you're transitioning, but it, that's life, right? It's just part of the process, I guess, when you don't know what's out there. Um, it it makes you feel afraid. And I think, yeah, that's how, that's how I felt. Yeah, because like I know even speaking to students now, it always kind of takes me back to when I was a student as well. I mean, I had one parent when I was in college, but I still had to work and take time off every semester. So I would take a whole semester off sometimes to work, earn tuition money, go pay it, and then yeah. go get my education. But I knew it was, it wasn't only just to satisfy like my passion, but it was to support my family at that time. Right. Or my parents. Yeah. So for, Similar, yeah. Right. So for you, was it sort of a bit of that? Like when you start to say, you know what, what if I don't get something in eight months? I know you're saying you live by yourself. So is it that I can sustain on my own for eight months? Or is it that I have to take care of other people as well, in addition to myself, yeah. which maybe some of my friends don't do or, or actually do? Yeah, no, it, it's good that, that, that you mentioned and then that you bring that up because I was also basically helping my, my parents. They don't live here in Canada. They're back home in, in Venezuela, where I came from. Um, but it's sort of like they're always in the back of my mind, whether whatever I'm doing here. So um, I did keep a part-time job throughout school for those three years. But by the time that school was done, I was already done with the this job as well. Because I was like, well, I mean, I already finished my program. So it's time for me to move on to to, you know, like to get paid for something that I learned and doing something that I really like. So I, I kept working in, in the nightclub until I think August. And then, but I had found a job already. So that's why I, I could, I could quit. Yeah. 
So you're saying like, you, you know, your parents or your mom was on the back of your mind. Like that must've been hard yeah. to like keep learning new things and still worrying about your parents who were like miles yeah. away. You know what it I mean? Is, it is still challenging because um, if you, if you know anyone from Venezuela, we're, we're, we're struggling because of the uh, political crisis down there. So that's, that's something that, you know, I mean, just the fact that I'm Venezuelan, it, it, it makes me part of that of that issue back, back home. So I do have to provide sometimes for my parents because, you know, they're, they're te retired teachers, um, but they're, they're not well off. So, so it's kind of a challenge. And for sure, right before leaving school, uh, that, that was one of my, my biggest worries. Yeah. I, I can imagine. Cause for me, it was like that, but like I lived with my parents, right? So I've had students that their parents are like on the other side of the world and you're saying mm -hmm. yours were in Venezuela. And sometimes as, as an educator, we don't really see those intangible things that go on in a student's life that mm -hmm. sort of make them be perceived the way that they are. Right. That's true. Like yeah, if, if you, is. if you ever had to, or I should rephrase it this way, you never had an opportunity to slack off what if you yeah, missed a day because you were uh worried about your mom or your dad or they needed you or you just couldn't concentrate yeah. in class so you're not really focused like some people may see you as like he, he doesn't really care or he's skipping my <laughs> yeah. class so now that's true. you know you have to worry about oh my teacher thinks i'm skipping but i have this yeah, to do that's true no and, and to your point it's 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 good that you mention it because it's really Empath empathic of, from from you because sometimes and it, I think it goes both ways. Sometimes we don't know what's happening on in the teacher's life, anyways. So it's um so that's why you have to be empath empathic with people. Um, many times I think uh, because of this job that I had, it was a very like the it, the timing was challenging. Like my shifts were like overnight, so I couldn't I couldn't get anything done over the weekend. So it was me doing homework from Monday to Friday and then Friday going to work until Sunday. And Sunday was the only day I had. And then I had to prepare the food for the whole week. So it was definitely challenging. Um, but I feel it's part of the struggle. Um, you know, like you just have to work hard and push it until you're done. In the case of school, um, it's very demanding. Um, I never found that it was hard per se, but it was it was challenging. It was a lot. Um, sure. So, um, I mean, I'm proud of myself for having finished, but I'm also proud of all of my, all of my classmates because we made it right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'm proud of you uh, and you should be proud of yourself. Like Thank I said, you. everybody's path is different, right? And when you're a student yeah. and you're listening to take this program, you'll graduate you'll get this, you'll get a job, you'll that get an internship. Could, yeah. <laughs> it's not always so linear, right? Yeah, like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some, some people, not everyone's uh, going to follow that plan. And I that's think so that's, that's part of the thing that, that students and people get trapped in is that they think, well, I need to follow that plan too. And if I don't, then I'm a failure. Mm -hmm. No, no, you're right. That's, I, I'm, I'm, I, I laugh because that's what you read when you're, when you're researching uh, whatever any college you wanna you wanna enroll in, it the same, right? Like they they promise you everything, and you do get the skills, 
Um, but then after, and I felt the same, I felt this when before graduating too. Um, teachers are always there to support you as well as the, your classmates um, and your friends. Um, and, and everyone talks about like, have, like landing the job and getting the internship. But once school is done, even though you can reach out to your instructors, which I do, and I mean, I'm, I'm the type of person with, that I need help, I'm going to speak up. Um, but then after you're not in the, um, the classroom anymore, you're on your own, right? Oh, yeah. So it does feel like, wow, now what? You know, I don't have Mark or Leslie to go and ask something really quick. I mean, I can shoot an email, but it's not the same as having them in the same room. It's right? not so immediate. You're not there every day anymore. Exactly. Right? Yeah, you don't have so access like, to them. Uh, well, now I have to apply for my, my own job. I have to write my cover letter because even though, you know, I had this, all this army of people helping me, it's me, right? If I don't put on the work, then nobody's going to do it for me. Yeah. And that's another component. So like when you were um, looking for your internship, like, can you speak about that process? Like, what was that like? Mm -hmm. um, so my internship search, I always say basically it started even before um the last semester so i basically started thinking about it right at the beginning of, of my first year um and i think my process was slightly different to i would say the majority of of my friends in school because the way i did it was that i set up some informational interviews right at the beginning of the year um thanks to an assignment that we had so I thought, well, maybe this assignment, which is pretty interesting because it gives me the opportunity to use homework to talk to somebody in the industry, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it, it, I'm not saying that they're forced to say yes, but they are going to say yes. Because when you say school, they you feel have more the, you know, everything to help free. You. Yeah. yeah, no, and, and that's something that I also realized now that I'm not in school anymore. What am I going to say, right? Like now I cannot use the school excuse, right? Um, but I don't I, think your think student card has an expiry date on it, though. <laughs> yeah, they but like, still am I gonna, yeah, I'm going to attach it to the email. Like, hey, yeah, exactly. can I help? Yes. So, no, and, and that's, 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 that's one thing that I, that I feel like as students, we just don't know that, that we have, you know, that word student there for us and everyone is like, you know, um, ready to help just because you're a student. Not saying that once you're not a student, they're not going to help you. But you know what I mean? You have that, that you're still in school. It gives so. you VIP access to the front of the line. Exactly. Right. right? <laughs> so I, I did these informational interviews and because I thought, well, maybe if I do this, this now, by the time that I'm going to, you know, if, if I need to reach out to any of these people, they already know me because what I didn't, I didn't want to do was just to wait until March or April, then reach out to studios, which I, I would have done in any ways, but then you will have to reach out to those studios. And then they were going to be like, Oh, you're desperate because you need your internship for next yeah, month. Yeah, exactly. So for me, it was better just to talk to them generally. Cause I really, I did want to talk to them and learn about their experience in the industry. But it also gave me that opportunity to reach out later and say like, oh, I'm looking for this, if you know. And then it, it sort of like worked. Um, and then, yeah, that's how I got it. But I feel like if it wouldn't be for that, for those informational interviews that I did, I would say that I, I 
I think I would have started in January, just reaching out to everyone and then just wait, right? That's what I what I do. Like I remember my friends were like, oh, but like, how am I gonna email them? They don't even know me. And I was like, just yeah, write the email just and then the send email. them. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. You know, like I always say that in life, you always have the no. Because in every situation, you're always going to fight for the yes. So everything, right? You don't have the job, you're applying. Or you're only fighting for the yes because you, you don't have it, right? So that's a no already. So for me, that makes things easier because I don't have, I feel like I don't have to, um, I'm not fighting two options. I'm only looking for the yes. So just send that email and then wait. If they say no, okay, well, next, right? Like it's not the end of the world either. I love that. Cause I tell, I say that all the time, right? Um, yeah. What's the worst that can happen if someone says no, right? Exactly. You, you move yeah. on. And that, and that's part of life is like the no or the losses are really just learning experiences, right? That's you never really exactly. lose. Yeah. You just learn from it. What did I do wrong? Where can I improve? How do I do it differently? Exactly. Right? That's what I think too. You know, for some people it, it's uh it's a personal attack, the failure, the rejection, mm-hmm. something wrong about me, mm-hmm. not my process or not maybe, exactly. you know, what was going on on the other end, right? Maybe they're not looking for someone at this time. That has nothing yeah. to do with you, but you, you internalize it a bit differently, right? That's true. And, and, and then to your point, and I, I think exactly the same, I, I feel like you learn even if you're not getting that thing that you're trying to get. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a physical thing, right? Like you don't have to get a job to say I have success or money or whatever. Like yeah. there, there's value in knowing that you've become a better person. And because you can't see it or touch it, you know, it doesn't mean that it's not there. Mm-hmm. And even even back going back to this internship search, I remember the last, I think the last, I think two, the last two days of my internship, um, it was sort of like interesting. Because I remember they had posted, um, they had posted a job posting on their Instagram, and I was like, "Oh well, I mean, I knew that I, I was, I probably didn't have the 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 oh my god, I lost the the word the, um, the experience. Skills, the experience. I knew that I didn't have the skills, yeah, to get hired there right after my internship, but I was like with the same mentality that we were just discussing before." I was like, well, I'm, I'm still going to ask, even though I'm 90% sure they're going to say, no, you're not ready. But I still want to do it because I'm not going to leave this place thinking, oh, I should have asked. You yeah, know, exactly. that's not me. Yeah. I just do it. And, if, and I did, right? And they said, no, you're not ready. And they use this word. They said, I want somebody who's ready. We want somebody who's ready to sit down and start working. And when you're out of school, you need, you know, um, sometimes you need to be with your director or getting directions um, more often than when you're a senior designer or intermediate designer or whatever. And, and so I said, that's, that's totally fair. I get it. Like no hard feelings, but I just, I had to ask before leaving. Right. So, so yeah. So it seems like you're the kind of person, like you take risks. You never want to have regrets. What do you think would be that springboard moment? that sort of made you feel like I belong here. I'm a designer. Well, um, well, following that idea and, and, and the way I see life that you just, you are, if you really want something, you go and get it and you ask for it. 
um, following that idea, I think the springboard moment for me was at a design thinkers conference. Um, so I was there by myself. I remember I was waiting for, for a friend from school. And, and I, so I saw a creative director that I really admire. Um, his name is Fidel Peña, which is later on became my, uh, my mentor in my internship. Um, he's, a, he's one of the partners at Underline Studio. And I always heard from him in school since I was in first year, I think, the first time I heard from him. And for me, it always spoke to me because he's also from Latin America. And, and in design industry, there's, there's, there, there is diversity, but I feel like it could be more. So every time I see people that are doing great things, um, they're, for example, um, they're from Latin America, like myself. I see a lot of, of me in, in them or a lot of them in me, something like that. I just, I feel I like you. I'm reflected there, right? Yeah. So, so I really admired this, um, Fidel and, and, and I, and I had that informational interview assignment that I, that I, that I mentioned before. So I said, well, I really want to do it with him. And then I don't want to do like the email thing because it's going to sound weird. And then I saw him there, right? It was just like, I think it was meant to be because I was like flipping through the conference book and he had a small talk that he was going to do there. So I was like, well, he may be here. I'm going to go to his talk. And then after I'm going to introduce myself and say that, you know, that I have the assignment or just ask for his email or something. And then later on explain about the assignment. So anyway, long story short, I did that. Um, It was funny because I did it in my own language, which is always a little bit, like challenging for me because I went to school speaking, you know, like English. So when I have to talk about design or like whatever, introduce myself, which is a design talk uh, in my own language, it sounds like weird, um, but it was also really interesting. So, so anyways, he later helped me do other informational interviews with other people in the industry. So that really helped me um, that, that the industry is quite small and that people are always willing to help you. Yeah. I think as a Um, student, people don't realize like it's, it's big when you're on the outside, but once you get into it, you realize how small it is and how connected everybody is. Yeah. And I would say, yeah. And I would say it was my springboard moment and it gave me confidence because I realized also that talking to designers, Sometimes when you feel like, oh, they were the creative director, you're like, oh my God, those are, you know, people that they will never talk to me or they're really far away from me. Um, but it's not like that at all. And I, and I realized with this process, um, after I, I did the informational interviews that you just sit and talk to people, right? Like people are like you and, and it's the best thing is when you move from the design sort of like talk. And then when you connect with people, because that's, we, we were humans, right? Um, so, so I really like that, that side of, of that whole process of meeting Fidel and then doing the informational interviews and, and just talking to, to designers in general. So what is it that you do now? And can you explain like what your role is and maybe give us some insight on like, what's the day in the life of Oscar right now? Um, I currently work as an interactive designer at Hambly and Woolley. Uh, it's a small studio 
located in East Toronto. They've been around for 30 years. Actually, on Wednesday, we celebrated the 30-year anniversary. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, but we did a video call, right? Because yeah. social distancing. <laughs> um, so um, this is also my first design industry job uh, right after school. So I was lucky enough to get hired. Um, I feel like a few weeks after my internship was done. Um, shout out to Kelsey Lundy because I got it thanks to her. Um, the creative director there uh, reached out to her asking for students. And then she recommended me. Shout out to Kelsey. I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then I got the job. So I'm, I'm beyond thankful um, with her um, because I have this now. And like I said, it's been 10 months. So a day in a life. I never thought I was going to get asked this question, but it's, it's super cool because now it's me, the one who has to answer. Um, yeah. <laughs> so before the whole COVID situation, a day in a life, uh, I would say I would get to the studio, um, make me some tea sometimes, just sit down to read the emails, um, write down what I have to do for the day. And then... I spend the day either designing, like sitting in my desk, or meeting with um, my coworkers. Right now, it's a little bit different because, well, I mean, I wake up, I have some food, then I sit down on the computer. Um, it's similar, but you don't get to talk to people, right? And you don't walk around like you would do in the studio if you have to talk with this person, then go and answer this. But that's not happening right now. Um, and then basically it's me designing something, then showing that something to my creative directors, then getting feedback, then doing some revisions, then presenting to the client and so on. So let me ask you something based on that then, like what you kind of do in your everyday. Is th are there any similar projects that maybe you're working on now that you maybe had as projects in school that you found helped you in your current role? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you mean in terms of projects or in terms of skill? Yeah. In terms of projects, right? Like, I yeah. mean, if you were given a project, is it in school, did it help prepare you for something that you're actually doing now? Like, do you see like, oh, yeah. I'm getting this project everything. and I've done this in school and this is kind of similar, yeah. like the way it was taught was similar and everything. Yeah. Everything. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to speak from, from my side. Uh, I do mostly, like I said, interactive designer. I do mostly the website design. So everything digital, I'm working on that. Um, and then definitely what I learned in school um, from the, not only the digital part of the program, which I learned, I think most of that from Kevin, um, for sure, like doing, creating like this strategy before creating a website, which I'm not involved a lot with strategy. Um, but definitely the wireframing side of the things and then moving on to the design of the wireframe, um, like all, all that, all that process, I did learn it in school. Um, and one thing that it was really interesting about school is that they teach you how to strategize um, your solution. And that's something that it's key that I didn't know it was that important in the design studio. Is that, well, like 80% is how you're going to do it and how you plan to do it and what are your constraints, like your strategy. And then 20% is the design work. The actual execution. That, 
than me as a designer I'm gonna end up doing right yeah. sometimes I don't I don't get to meet the clients the first time so I don't know what what's happening in terms of a strategy so I get I get the brief from my creative director um but yeah I feel like school basically gave me um kind of like shape the way I I did design before it makes you more like professional, right? Like it, teach, it teaches you the rules and then yeah. how to break them. But yeah. you have to go to school for that. Okay, Oscar, I got a question for you. Can you give me your top five design skills mm-hmm. that you learned in yeah. the program that you think every student should have heading into the industry? Okay. They don't um, have to be in order. Okay. They won't be in order. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I feel, I feel like the first one in that's key and, and, and stop the top skill that every designer should have. It's um, typography and typesetting. That's one of the things that um, I feel like it's it's super important for for designers. And and you learn in school. I mean, I got five typography classes. So so I I feel like that's number one. Number two, which I learned I learned in school, and it was very challenging because. It was a different language, but presentation skills are also key um, because you need to be able to speak about your ideas and your thoughts, and you need to be able to show also to your creative director um, your thinking process and how you arrive to the solution, right? Your, your, the end result that you're showing. That's the number two. Number three I would say feedback. And this is not necessarily a skill, but I would say the skill is learning how to deal with feedback. So taking critique. How, yeah, taking critiques. Um, learning how how to take that and, and put it into your work so it, it, it makes it better. Um, school, again, really, really gave me the opportunity to practice this skill and and also made me understand and this is something that sometimes in school you don't get it is that your ideas is not you so what you're presenting and put it on the table that's something that came from your brain but it's not you so if somebody's just take the paper and throws throws it away it's okay it just you know it's just a paper it's just an idea you can come up with something new so that's something that it's really hard to understand at the beginning because you think that, oh, well, but that's me, but it's not, it's not you. That's just your solution, which may be good or not, right? It's just design. We're iterating. That's, that's what it matters. Um, the number four, I think, again, not necessarily a skill, but yes, it's uh, making connections. So the way that for me, it's cool worked more than like learning design. It was a time that I got to meet like-minded people being my friends or my instructors so you get together with these people for three years and you you think they're only your classmates but they're actually your small industry that you're creating during those three years right so i would say school really taught me to to be more open um to talk to everyone um and to try to help everyone as much as possible, because down the road, these are going to be, you know, my industry in the future. So I think that also learned, I learned from school. And number five, 
Um, I don't know. This is the big <laughs> I, one, number five. I feel like what what else what else did I learn in school? Um, I'm gonna say strategy. I'm gonna say that, yeah, because and why I said strategy, I feel it's because in school we we were told every time that no matter what you're designing, you have to have a reason behind it and you have to have a plan before you start doing whatever it is that you're gonna create. And and I feel that from Humber. I feel like they always told me. You know, you need a strategy behind everything you do. And I feel that's very important when you get to the real world and, and you get hired. So, so, yeah, that's number five. That's a pretty nice top five list, Oscar. Thank you. I was <laughs> waiting here. <Yeah. laughs> no, I think you brought up some really good ones. Um, presentation skills, you know, uh, even as me as a teacher, I try to give everyone ways to present not only just to stand up in front of the class but do you think presentation skills is also not only writing but uh public speaking presenting things in different ways whether now like look at us we're on either video or audio should those be options for students to learn different types of presentation skills rather than just standing in front of a class yeah to their peers yeah and that's yeah I, I feel i feel that and 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 i feel that it's also important because no matter how great designer you are or how beautiful your product looks at the end if you don't know how to sell it then you won't be able to you know to make it through so i feel it's super important um to be able to speak and and to explain what you're selling so um and one thing I wanted to say, this is not a skill, but I also learned it in school, I think. I didn't learn it in school. I just realized that that's the way it should be. Um, and now that I've been working in the industry for, for close to a year, um, there, is, there is a lot of, I feel like in, not in the industry, but as a designers, because it's a co career that, that it's based on your skills and, and the looks of the things you're doing, you're creating. There's a lot of egos. Um, and I learned this in school because I never, it was interesting because in, in my, in my, in my classroom, I never felt that anyone had any, um, and I feel that's why we worked so good together. Um, but definitely trying to be, you know, trying to leave your ego outside of the door, whether you're working or you're in class, that's the way thing you can do. Um, cause it makes you humble. Right. And, and, and it makes you accept comment and take critiques and 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 take your the feedback and and improve from that at least that's what i do some people i feel like they don't like to get the feedback or when you say oh you should move this to to left and they're like no but i think my vision is better um and some junior designers don't even take that from their creative directors and sometimes i I'm, i feel like well why wouldn't you take a comment from somebody who has been doing this for 20 years, right? So it's just that kind of mentality being like, tell me whatever, you know more than me, and it's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, for me too, when I give feedback in class, sometimes I always tell my students, like, I don't want you to design like me, right? I want you to think differently, but take my feedback, take the other instructor's feedback, 
and maybe even make your own decision at some point. I find yeah. school is the place where you can ha- take risks and break the rules and bend them. So Oscar, That's true. I could talk to you all day. <laughs> I, 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 I enjoyed catching up with you and listening to your yeah. story, man. Um, I have one Thank more you. question, though, that I'd like to ask you before you go. Is that cool? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. So, so the theme of this series is how did we get here? Okay. Uh-huh. So in other words, what do you think made Oscar get to this point? Oof. Um, wow. I think I would tell myself, um, I know you're probably afraid right now, um, but just knock that door, fire that email ask that question and wait for the best. If you get a no, then that's fine. You move on. Last one, I would say, make sure your portfolio is great before you leave Humber. Because like I said before, um, you won't have the instructors and your peers in the same place at the same time. So make sure you take feedback from them um, as much as you can and try to build something that you're really proud of. Um, because school, aside from leaving you with those connections and, and those three years of learning, you're basically getting that portfolio. So that's, you know, one of the key pieces that you get from the three years program. So make sure that's on point. So Oscar, let's end on that note. Okay. It's been great spending time with you today and hearing your perspective. Same. Where can some students find you online to maybe see what uh, work you're, you're doing? Um, that's a good question. I had my, my website was up and, and I'm trying to rebuild it now. So maybe they can follow me on Instagram at O O O O. So four O's H S C A R. So it says Oscar, but it's more with O O H. So it says something like Oscar. Okay. Um, and <laughs> that's it. just my personal, that's just my personal, um, Instagram. I'm not posting any new work now okay so as soon as i get my website up it will be there so thanks mike thank you for your time oscar bye take care for show notes and links mentioned in this podcast visit howdwegethere.podcast.com and click on episode one to receive updates and new episode releases subscribe to the podcast and follow me on instagram and twitter at edtechxd for all things education and design with wellness in mind Thanks so much for listening.